And of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The next two shows will be Thursday, December 8th, and Thursday, December 22nd. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are the Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young Devin Cruz, from AEW Griff Garrison, the Russian Wolf Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0 Dave Wills, it's still real to me damn it, the All-American Blue Chipper Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum Chase Lovelace. Stan the Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night Smackdown, Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage. And many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling. To find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina, as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking games. I've tried, 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 and I've tried even more. I've cried, 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 and I can't recall what for. I've pressed, I've pushed, I've yelled, I've begged, hoped it's some success. The inevitable fact is that it never will
strive, 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 strive to get everything done. I've played by all the rules that I very rarely won. I've smiled, I've charmed, I've moved, I've laughed, alas, no avail. I've run around like a moron to one hit with a curly tail. I've got more bucks to give. My fuck fuse has just blown. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? To do that, it's just be the broke and very fucking tired soulless ginger here. Jeez, speaking, I'm not that broke. I am very tired. I'll have to say, uh, here we go. And this was actually really, really good. <laughs> A.W., take some notes, fucks. <laughs> So, uh, so this uh, enthusiasm you have right now, is that because of you had a long day or because you hate AEW? No, I'm just high. Oh, all that. Okay. That works too, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, before we get into um, this NXT recap, I do have a couple things I need to address uh, right off the bat. Um, this is one thing that I'm doing only because I mentioned this before on the NXT recap, and I haven't had a chance to do it before because we just had so much going on, and it slipped my mind. So before we get sta- started, I will say uh, shout out out to uh, Governor Brian Kemp for his victory. He stopped the Wicked Witch from taking his throne, and... 
got and and got that antichrist out of the way. So now we're gonna get letters. Everything's gonna be good. I don't give a fuck if we get letters. She took the ML. She took the All Star game away from Atlanta. She can go fuck herself. That's why I was. That's why I was glad we won the World Series that year. It's like, yeah, you can have the All Star game. We're taking this, bitch. Fuck you. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it was like we took away the All Star game. All of a sudden we won the World Series yeah. in Houston. I was like, but do you know what the strangest thing is? What Houston just won the World Series. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying. So I was there, and then of course, um, oh, and then of course on December 6th we have the runoff. So uh, here's another reason we're gonna get letters. I uh, I pray for Herschel Walker to dethrone the Senate. All right. So anyway, I'm gonna say that just to get that out the way. That's my first announcement. My second announcement I want to make is um, I have to talk about this right now because this is the first um show this week that is actually being recorded in current time because the last couple shows that have come out, the ones that have dropped this week, uh, were shows that were uh, pre-recorded in advance. Um, obviously the full gear recap was recorded, uh, Sunday and, um, the, uh, the Survivor Series pay-per-view review that came out yesterday is one from the SoundCloud era. So that's from very long ago. So I haven't had a chance to really sit here in current time and talk to people. As you guys know, I have been advertising for months that we have a watch party coming up this Saturday, uh, November 26th for the WWE Survivor Series, which is set to take place on the Peacock. Um, unless someone from the team would like to take over the stream on Saturday. I don't know what Zach's schedule is. Maybe he can run the helm. Uh, unless, but unless somebody wants to step in, I may even talk to Gator and see if he wants to do it. Probably not, but who knows? But unless somebody decides to step in and take over the live stream, I unfortunately am going to have to cancel the Survivor Series watch party for this year. And I'm going to tell you why. This past Monday, so at the time you listened to this, it was about three days ago. As I was work working and editing and putting shows together and organizing everything, I received an unexpected phone call. A very unexpected phone call from a gentleman that you all know by the name of Marcus Bagwell. Of course, I'm referring to Buff the Stuff Bagwell. As you guys know, um, for about a year and some change, I was uh, Buff Bagwell's manager. Um, some things went down that I'm not going to go into detail about right now. I may talk about that at a later date, but I'm not going to get into it now. Um, I ended up uh, parting ways with Buff uh, in the summertime, and basically uh, we were kind of taking some space, you know, because um, a lot of drama went down. So Buff was kind of doing his thing for a while. I was doing my thing for a while. And recently he called me uh, from a completely different number. So I didn't even recognize the number. And basically we got to talking, uh, seeing how everything was going, um, you know, kind of playing catch up. And he invited me to go with him this weekend to WrestleCade. As you guys know, for wrestling fans know this, during Thanksgiving weekend is WrestleCade. It starts the day after Thanksgiving and it goes from Friday to Sunday is WrestleCade. And it is the biggest event in indie wrestling. It's it's held second only to WrestleCon as the biggest event in wrestling. Out of all the conventions, the top two are WrestleCon and WrestleCade. And WrestleCade is an amazing experience. I got to go last year um, and it was incredible. Well, Buff uh, thought of me and asked me to go with him to WrestleCade and um, I graciously accepted because A, I love WrestleCade and B, um, I, I need the money. <laughs> and of course, I'm going to get paid for the work that I do this weekend and I definitely, definitely need the money. Most definitely. So with all due respect to the Boochcast fans that were excited for this Survivor Series watch party, um, I have to, I had to take this job. It was this opportunity. It's great. And there is talk about Buff and I potentially working together again. Um, I, I'm probably going to have a different position in the in the, in the the company, uh, in the real Buff Inc. company that I had before. So I think 
think someone else is in charge now of handling his bookings. I'm probably going to get a different position in the, in the company if I get hired back, which uh, I do hope I do. I'm not confirming anything. Nothing like that has been set in stone. The only thing that's been set in stone right now is the fact that I am going to WrestleCade. That's the only thing that's been set in stone. So I'm definitely going to WrestleCade. Whatever happens after WrestleCade, I'll know uh, by the end of the weekend because obviously uh, Buff and I are going to be able to have a lot of talking to do because we're going to be driving for four hours to North Carolina. So uh, we're going to be working out some details and stuff like that. So hopefully Buff and I will be uh, teaming up together again on a more regular basis. And I'm very excited for WrestleCade this weekend, but I do want to apologize to the Boochcast fans if there is no watch party this Saturday. Like I said, if any of the other team members want to hop in the chat room during the pay-per-view, have the watch party chat with you guys, and I'm able to eventually get it on the YouTube channel and avoid any copyright bullshit, then there will be a watch party this Saturday. But if nobody's able, if anybody, if nobody else on the team is able or willing to do so, then we're going to have to not do one for Survivor Series, and hopefully we might do one for the Royal Rumble in January. Uh, so I just wanted to make that clear up here and apologize to any of the fans. And if you are in the North Carolina area or if you're going to be at WrestleCade, you'll see me there at Buff's table. So it's going to be fun. On that note, we will get commenced right now with the NXT recap, the reason you're all here. And we're going to kick things off with our in-ring segment. We have Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose comes out with Toxic Attraction, uh, fresh off her successful title defense last week. And Mandy Rose says, in the immortal words of Queen, another one bites the dust. She said she was the last woman standing and she did it all on her own. She has been the champion for so long that they had to create a special match to determine her next challenger. No matter who becomes the number one contender at deadline, it doesn't matter. She will still be the NXT Women's Champion. JC Jane says they are going to become the first ever three-time NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Of course, that's her and Gigi Dolan, who adds that they are a real tag team, unlike Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. Kane Carter and Katana Chance interrupt. Chance says Dolan and Jane spend all their time bailing Rose out of jams. Jane says seeing Chance and Carter with Toxic Attraction's titles makes her sick. Chance and Carter will go back to being irrelevant once they lose the titles back to a Toxic Attraction. Carter and Chance rush the ring. Rose, Jane, and Dolan leave them lying. When they were getting attacked, I thought someone was going to come out and say them. Apparently not. But okay, this was actually a pretty good opening promo. The Playboy plaint, wannabe Playboy playmate. I'm sorry, Mandy, you're gorgeous. Please marry me. Eh, never going to happen. Anyway, uh, came out that, yeah, I did this. Turns I did around. that. I'm the greatest champion of all time. I'm just wondering who's next. Andy Hartwell. And then, then J.D. Dolan, J.C. Jane said, yeah, we we were about, we're going to become a three-time NXT Women's Champion. Attack, champs come out. They says that you guys are dead. They're going to back and forth. Just trade insults. The champs try to rush her in. They got the shit kicked out of them. Leave them lying. But otherwise, not pretty good promo. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The promo was very well done. Uh, I will say uh, that Toxic Attraction did have, uh, J.C. Jane had a vicious burn on uh, Katana and Carter um, because the fact is mm. they were ir- were not relevant for a very long time. As I mentioned before, before they got those belts, they were basically the female jobber tag team in NXT. They were the jobber team. Now they've gone to championship status. So the question is if Toxic Attraction does win back those tag belts, which I pray to God they don't, is are they going to go back to being irrelevant? Are they going to go back down the ladder? Are we never going to see them again? Because the toxic attraction thing, like everything else in WWE, is getting old. There is such a thing as overkill, and we are deep, deep in overkill at this point. What is left to do with toxic attraction? There 
there's nothing left for them to do okay there there's nothing left there are no worlds left to conquer and napoleon wept for he had nothing else to do you've done it all you are literally just there it gets to the point where they have to make gimmick matches in order for people to even remotely give a shit alba fire was it there is no logical reason you can give me for why alba fire should is should not be the nxt women's champion right now there's no logical reason you can give none what the fuck else are you gonna do with her who is left to challenge her seriously look at that women's roster and tell me who the fuck else has been built up to be even a slightly remotely credible challenger to Mandy Rose to where if she got in the ring with Mandy Rose you would think oh she's definitely gonna win this is WWE's biggest flaw right now is that they have become predictable since Triple H has taken over there's not been a lot of flaws in WWE there's a lot of wrongs that have been made right but the biggest flaw in WWE overall is its predictability with its champions we pretty much know who is going to win. And even on the rare moments where we think the title might change hands, it doesn't. And therefore, kills any hope you have of making us go, holy shit, there's doubt. I don't know who's going to walk out of this Survivor cha- Iron Survivor Challenge. But you damn well better get somebody that is ready to be the women's champion. Because after Deadline, the only other show that's left is maybe uh, New Year's Evil. That's the only other one I could think of if they decide to do that again. Again, only other thing we got left is stand and deliver during WrestleMania weekend. Seriously, how much longer can this go before you realize you're burying your women's division? And as a side note, for Christ's sake, do not put the tag belts back on these women. You done? Okay, we get the point. It's so predictable. They've been predictable for years. Go ahead. Move it on. Enough. All right. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Grayson Waller, who asked Duke Hudson how long he's going to keep up this facade that he cares about Chase U. Hudson says he isn't playing. He bleeds red and black. If anyone has a problem with Chase U, they have a problem with him. I like the more thing I liked about that uh, Duke Hudson said he bleeds red and black. Hmm. I wonder who represents those colors. But Grayson Waller has a very good cut. How much longer are you going to put this, put up? Are you going to keep putting up with this keep on doing what you're doing it's bullshit i know the real you he just he basically said you're lying to everybody you're lying to yourself and he went with it he goes chase you yay chase you it's like this or well you're such a dick but this right here is okay but i just like the one thing he said i bleed red and black last time i heard somebody in wrestling bleeding red and black that was the wolf pack i don't know which red and black you're referring to um mm, i think UGA? Bingo. Oh, boy. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm liking this because, again, I don't know what the fuck is happening with Duke Hudson, but if he really is doing a babyface turn, then this is going to be awesome. But if there is a heel turn coming, I don't see how that's going to benefit because, like I said, there are people out there already that already convinced that Duke Hudson is going to turn on Chase U. So for Duke Hudson to do that would be too predictable, which, again, is this thing that WWE is guilty of doing, being predictable. We can see the outcome a mile away. So their best bet is to swerve everyone and have Duke Hudson be a loyal Chase U member. Because you're obviously not going to do anything else with him. So why not keep him in Chase U? It makes Chase U more, a lot more interesting. Even though Andre Chase is a great personality all on his own, the rest of the group is just there. At least with Duke Hudson, you have somebody in Chase U that's credible that can actually, you know, have people take Chase U seriously. Instead of just being a bunch of goofy frat people. So I kind of enjoy that. And Grayson Waller was great in that sense. Apparently him and Duke Hudson have known each other a long time. That's why Grayson's like, you know, we're going to keep this 
thumbs up, but I'm hoping that Chase U will eventually be guests on the Grayson Waller effect. I'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. That, like, people keep on like, like, we know who you are. You're fooling yourself. We'll see where this goes. I, I, but when he, if when he becomes a heel, I have to see it to believe it. Yeah. And, That's me. Okay. Yeah. And on that note, we move on to our first official match of the evening. We got Cora Jade versus Wendy Chu. You know, I love when matches open up with women, especially these two gorgeous women right here. You have the you have the beautiful Cora Jade. You have the wonderful, awesome future women's world champion, Wendy Chu, CB Chu. And I have to say, this match right here was very, 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 very good. And it was back and forth. They both of them beat the shit out of each other. They stayed off the top rope. There were suplexes and there was kicks. There was fists and it was physical. It was violent. But the strange thing is that uh, Cora Jade picked up her little stick, tried to use it. Wendy Chu took it away. Uh, Wef got distracted and Cora Jade's little sneaky ass through the through her drink into her face into uh one to two slaves one two three and you could see it and the ref is so stupid it's like he could have disqualified her he saw Evan saw the evidence because it's the, the splash of the liquid kept on coming look at his hands hands all sticky uh okay go ahead Vinny. um i enjoyed the match i thought the back and forth action was great um i like the fact that wendy chu chose a different outfit this go around it's like it's still like pajamas but it's not like you know like a onesie type of pajama it's like okay nice over here a lot more moving around and she definitely as an in-ring competitor this is the best she's ever wrestled like as far as actual wrestling goes she did very well and i enjoyed that i like it too like we understand like obviously she knows how to work her gimmick she can do decent work in the ring but as far as like technical wrestling goes this is where she really started to show that you're seeing the improvement in wendy Chu's game and that's what i enjoyed about this match for jade we already know how great she is and you know she's always been talented she's uh got got a great look and you know and she obviously has a great gimmick and oh crap what are you doing here are you no good in hell while i'm here the bitches wearing pajamas gator they're barely even pajamas it's still pajamas the bitches wearing pajamas what the fuck why is this on my tv if you hate it so much why do you watch it well because mr ginger it's called being an analyst you know something well, that's important yeah, Vinny and I stopped watching three people who does something wrong in that other company. We don't watch that or do their promos anymore. Why can't you do this with Sleepy Chew, who you don't like? At least Wendy Chew, I look like those three pieces of shit. That's okay, the point. Okay, first of all, I, let me just say that I humbly agree with the fact that those three that those three are, are a disgrace to the business. So, I like the fact that you guys are not acknowledging them, so we can at least agree on that. But I also agree, this also shits upon my business! And Jesus Christ, how do you have an episode of NXT where the whole entire show is women? This is garbage. This is absolute waste of time. You might as well call this all women's wrestling, therefore all crappy wrestling, because all women's wrestling is the shitty. It is the shitty. This is the shitty. And then? Look, stop making do where's my car references. Your ass don't even own a car. And then? He's the type of person that says, dude, where's my car? It launched you 300 feet in the air is what it did. Now, anyway, back to what I'm saying. This is the shitty wrestling. Why is this on my TV? Why are they allowed to shit upon my business? Hey, can you do something about him, please? I'm trying. Gator, Gator. All right, look, you've made your point. We know you don't like women's wrestling, okay? Look, Zach and I tend to like some women's wrestling, okay? Some of it's good, a lot of it's bad, but we at least acknowledge the good. Now, can you please behave yourself and go in the basket? Mr. Bujaretta, I refuse to go to the basket because you need to acknowledge that this is the shitty. Gator, we will call out the things that are shitty, but the 
Nuggets. Overall card was not the shitty. Go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Go to the basket. I refuse to go to the basket. Gator, get in the fucking basket right now. Okay, Mr. Bujarelli, swear jar, swear jar. Where dirty words have gone too far. That'd be a quarter, please. <laughs> Fuck you and your quarter. Get in the goddamn motherfucking basket. I'm not going to the basket. Go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Go to the basket now. I am not going to the basket. Gator, get in the basket or you lose the territories. Fuck you. All right, finally he's gone. All right. Uh, dude, no, 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 no. How many times do I have to tell you you put a lock on the basket? I did put a lock on the basket. I even changed the lock. The motherfucker keeps figuring out the combination. Do something else around the combination. Don't make an easy combination. I didn't. Was it what? One, two, three, four? No, it was your birthday. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I feel so loved. Yeah. I mean, I figured, well, get, I figured Gator wouldn't remember your birthday. As far as he remembers anything. <laughs> Yeah, you can be a little drunk. Gator, shut up. So anyway, overall, great match, great opening, great showing from Wendy Chu, except for the fact, the only, I have one complaint about this match I had to say real quick before we move on. Um, oh, boy. Okay, I get that Cora Jade won the match. Mm-hmm. She's the heel. They're trying to establish her. Wendy Chu's improving, but she's not being taken so seriously yet. Why the fuck was she crying at the end of the match? What was the fucking point of that? I don't know. That was stupid. It's like you took a giant step forward and then a giant step back. Okay, I don't need to see Wendy Chu in tears like a little child because she lost the match. It ain't the first time she's lost the match and it ain't going to be the last. I would have preferred she look angry than start crying. That was stupid. Also, I saw the drink that went into her face. Mm-mm. Which means that before I can move on to the next segment, I need to ask a question. Zach? What? Who loves orange soda? loves orange soda. Is it true? I do, I do, I do. Ooh, ooh. I fucking hate you. What? <laughs> I saw orange soda clearly come out of the container. We had to do it. We had to do it. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with... Uh, uh, hot for teacher Kiana James who says she isn't worried about Ivy Nile tonight. Next, Javier Bonell walks in and says he corrected the problem <sighs> last week. He now has the big body files, which is just a long list of names of people he wants to fight. The list includes Axiom who is still very injured, uh, Elon Musk, and Drake but not Drake Maverick, Drake the rapper. Um, I understand a little bit with uh, Kiana James. She says I'm not scared of Ivy Nile, but this Javier listed thing listed a bunch of wrestlers that will be tired and hurt. I don't like you, Javier. Go away, Javier. You suck, Javier. Shoo. Bye. Don't ever come back and go back to where the hell you came from. Yeah. Fuck. This was stupid. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was watching this. Seriously. I was like, I was like, how about you, Dave? I don't know. It's not true. Because every time that motherfucker runs his mouth and he gets to the ring, Benny, what happens? He winds up getting his ass kicked. And apparently, getting his ass kicked is God's plan. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, look, big body hobby. I know you got a lot of wants and needs, but you're clearly a wrestler with no guidance. And Drake's not going to step in the ring because, you know, he's got trust issues. And he also sucks. So you can do us all a favor and Tuesday slide your ass on out of here. Okay? Laugh now, cry later. Ha ha ha. Boo hoo. And uh, I did like the Elon Musk reference because everybody wants to go off on him hey. ever since he bought Twitter. But Side uh, note, real quick. Can I say something positive about the dude? Sure. Yeah, okay. Big deal that he's doing Twitter. And everybody's like, he's a piece of shit. It's like, eh. I was like, I don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking Elon Musk is a brilliant, brilliant person. He was on the Big Bang Theory. And you're just, you know what? They're jealous because he is by far as right now like but the top third richest person in the world not that our country in the whole wide world that is not lacked yeah 
Fox. Well, here's the thing about Elon Musk. Everybody hates on him because they don't like the, they don't like what he's done to Twitter or he fired a bunch of employees or a bunch of employees have quit and they're having to hire like, you know, other people to do the job. And, you know, here's how I look at it. If they have to hire like specific type of workers to do the job, that just shows the job wasn't that difficult in the first place. And I don't think you need that many employees anyway to run uh, Twitter. And also, here's what I like about Elon Musk. He got rid of all the bullshit on Twitter. Like, like people have the freedom to say whatever they want to say what they want to say on Twitter within reason. And also, not only that, he got, he is also, if something is on there that's deemed inappropriate or offensive, he gives you a fair opportunity to state your case, which is more than I can say for Facebook. Because Facebook don't let you do that. If you, if, if you, if you, if you, yeah. And if you try to appeal Facebook jail, they don't give you a fair appeal. They just say, do you feel this is wrong? And you just click yes. You don't get to explain your side of the story. Twitter lets you tell your side of the story. And based on what you say, they either go, okay, your tweet is visible, or no, nope, sorry, you're wrong, tweet is gone. Also, here's a little trick I'd like to say to everyone on, that goes on social media. I'd like to let you all in on a little secret that you probably don't know. If somebody posts something or tweets something that you personally deem to be inappropriate, that you think is wrong, that you disagree with, if there's a person on Twitter that you just don't fucking like, guess what you're allowed to do? Want to take a guess? You're allowed to let them know how you feel. That's one, but there's a reason that's even bigger than that. You can block yeah. them. You don't have, you can literally set up your timeline, your tweet, your Twitter timeline to where you don't have to see those people's tweets. You can even say, show less tweets from this person and it reduces it. You can block people if you don't want to see their tweets or if you think they're assholes or if you don't want to be around them. Just block them or don't follow them. That makes, that makes your life easier. That's why that button was designed. That way if you're not happy with something, instead of bitching and complaining to Twitter about censoring people, you can just block them. Then you don't have to see it. You don't have to deal with it. It ain't your fucking problem. You can easily ignore that and then the people who want to hear this, who do agree with this, who do want to hear this point of view, are free to do that. That's all I've ever done on Twitter. The only time you should be allowed to report somebody to Twitter or get somebody kicked off of Twitter is if they're actually stalking you or posting death threats to you directly. Like going in your DMs and stalking you and making threats. Those are the people you should be allowed to report because they're actually causing you harm. But if a person posts an opinion on Twitter that hoits your wittle feelings, you have to grow the fuck up. Like a normal person. Anyway, I wanted to make my point on that. Well, I don't know if I'm ever gonna get a chance to make that point again. But anyway, Elon Musk was brought up. That's why it's brought up here on NXT. Anyway, uh, Zach, you have any other thoughts? You want to move on? Moving to fuck up from this shit. All right. Backstage, we see Pretty Deadly as they ask Hudson when he's going to stop being a stooge for Chase U. Hudson gets offended, attacks both members of Pretty Deadly. They are eventually separated by a bunch of referees. Okay, during that situation, Pretty Deadly was gaining up on Duke Hudson, and the rest of the Chase U fuckheads didn't help him at all. All the it was, yeah, kick his ass. Oh, boy, you get this shit kicked out of you. Okay. All right. I did like being cut. They could call the stooge. And once again, somebody else is calling out Duke Hudson. Like, yeah, this is crap. But I thought this was okay. Poor Duke Hudson gets his shit kicked out of him. No one wants to help him. Hmm. That sounds like some other faction in AEW. Jeez. I wonder who the hell that is. <clears throat> Black Comic Club. Anyways, go ahead, Vinny. But that's the thing. And you and I didn't even realize that till you just now said it. I didn't even think of that. Holy shit. That's true. Nobody in Chase U bothered 
to help him. Now, look, I'm all for sitting there and going, kick his ass, kick his ass. That's if the fight is one-on-one. But here's how this is supposed to work, ladies and gentlemen. If you've ever if you've ever been in a fight, I've been in a fight. I'm sure, Zach, you've been in a few fights. Um, here's how Me? I've never been in a fight day in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, seriously? You really believe that? No, I believe you've been in a few few fights in your life. And every guy, ha- I, you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who hasn't had been in at least one fist fight in his life. Maybe today, because of the, how the snowflakes operate, but our generation, you've been in a fight or two in our generation. Oh, yeah, you have. Not, you, may, you, may, you might not have won every fight, but you've been in a few. So here's how a fight works. If the fight is one-on-one, one guy fight another guy, no one gets involved unless it gets too serious. That's when people are supposed to pull apart and step in. When it looks like one guy's about to fucking die. It's like, all right, you made your point. He's had enough. You stop. But if, if two or more people are ganging up on one person, you need to jump the fuck in. Especially if it's your friend. Especially if it's your friend. You don't cheer, yeah. cheer okay? You know why? Because unless you got a friend that has the skill set of Mr. Miyagi, he's going to need your fucking help. Okay? Unless you, uh, unless your friend is Mr. Miyagi or Bruce Lee or fucking Jackie Chan, they're going to need <laughs> your help in the fight. Or Chuck Norris. Okay. Unless somebody in a fight, you're going to need help. You do not just sit there and let two guys gang up on one dude. At least one of you motherfuckers should have been over there getting in there scuffling. You know? It's th- that was that so that was stupid. Now that I think about it, that was fucking stupid. And again, it's not realistic. I pay attention. I- I'm impressed. All right. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We got Ivy Nile with Tatum Paxley versus Hot for Teacher, Kiana James. Do you call this a match? Uh yes. Yeah, yeah I do call it a match. There's really a filler. By the way, these two women went at it, and I thought for a second that Keanu James was going to win. Boy, was I wrong. Not that it was makes you tap out. But, with all about State got some moves in, other person got some moves in, and lo and behold, Avi now actually won a fucking match. Shocker. And then, Diamond comes in there, uh, Family Hamley, whoever came out there, beat the shit out of Hot for Teacher. Diamond came in there, says, we're this, we're that, hey, we're miss. awesome, and I'm ready for the guys from India. I was like, hey, I don't know why they're doing that with you, but okay, dokie, but otherwise, oh, nice. decent match, decent promo out there. Great match. I loved it. Uh, Ivy Nile. You like hot for teacher, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kiana can work. She's fucking hot, but she can work a little bit. And Ivy Nile, you know, she's not exactly like... She's not a looker, but she can whoop some ass. I don't know about that. I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, I'm saying, look, I'm not, I mean, look, I don't know what she's like outside of wrestling. I've never seen her. I don't know. Maybe if you get her hair done and all dolled up, then maybe she'll look good. You know, it's like Ronda Rousey. When she's in the octagon, she don't look sexy at all. But outside of the octagon, oh my God. Put her in a dress and do and do her hair right. And dear God, that is one sexy girl. But when Ronda's wrestling or in, or in the octagon, she's not required to look sexy so you don't think of her that way but I saw her in a movie where she had the long or on talk shows where she's got her hair done and she's in a nice dress and dear god she can work it so I don't know what Ivy Nile's like outside of that I'm just saying the Ivy Nile I'm seeing in the ring I'm saying I'm, I'm, I, I don't find her attractive but she can wrestle she can work and that's also important but Kiana James she's the whole package and while this match was definitely filler it's still a match like it wasn't a squash nobody got embarrassed this is a pretty damn good fight and in the end Fallon Henley hits the ring to attack Kiana James so 
this basically that match was set up. The reason this was filler was because the match was meant to set up two two more two angles. The angle between Fallon and Kiana that's continuing, and then after the match when the Creed brothers challenge Indusher to a match at Deadline, and obviously Ivy Nile's not happy about it because she doesn't want the Creed brothers to be concerned with this. They should be focusing on the tag belts, but the Creed brothers know that they can't focus on the tag belts with Indusher in their back in their in their way because they're demanding respect, and the Creed brothers are like, "Come and get it." So uh, I'm intrigued to see this match. Um, I don't because obviously I don't know if Pretty Deadly is going to be defending their tag belts at Deadline, um, but I do know that I think the Creed brothers after they take care of Indusher, who or if Indusher wins, whoever wins that match, I think has got next, and I think whoever fa- whichever one of those two faces Pretty Deadly, I think Pretty Deadly is losing the titles. Realizing that, yes, I do. I don't understand why this other tag team's not going for the um, tag belts, but we'll see what happens. I hope in due time that the Creed brothers get the tag team titles back. They need to do a rematch against Pretty Deadly. Yes, and then after that, we cut to the backstage area where Duke Hudson walks into a Chase's office during a, an interview, and he says he got them a tag team title match tonight. And Chase gets excited, then he cusses out the guy he was interviewing and kicks him out of their office. <laughs> This brother is funny right there. He comes in there huffing and puffing and looks like he just got his ass kicked, but she just didn't you know, speak and did. She just told us, Mr. Chase, I got the tag team child of us. It's good for you, man. Absolutely. You did a wonderful job. She's Mario. What the fuck is your problem? Get the hell out of here. I was like, once again, <laughs> Andre Chess is a definition of high bipolar. <laughs> well, he said, when's the title match? He said tonight, and that's when he got excited. And I was kind of hoping he would say deadline. But instead, the match is happening tonight. And so obviously we're going to get to that match in a moment. But before we do, we have to move on to the next match of the evening. Here we go. We got Scripps versus Guru Raj. Uh, I know who Scripps is. Who? Reggie. Reggie. Remember that dude that followed um, that, long, the, the, that black guy with long dreads who was basically with jump over everything. He was a 24-7 champion. Uh, dude, I I do not remember that. Um, I have no idea who that is. He was is. with uh, Carmella. 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 If you saw him, you and if you saw his oh, face. Oh, Reginald? Uh, Reginald, yeah. Oh, shit. That's, that's okay. Him. But the talk, I talked about the match. It was boring. It was pointless basically scripts. <laughs> Excuse me, AK. Reginald was just showing his dominance. I did it. I did the outfit. I was like, um, okay. And, a, and you could clearly see the dude's face in this mask. I don't know what the hell that is. That guru died. He tried. He epically failed. And I think it was a minute and two, two minutes and 30 seconds of our lives. We'll never get back. I was like, okay, Scripps, you beat a jobber. Now you need to beat somebody else. And I don't know. Talk on the mic. Manny, your thoughts. Okay. I was excited to see what this Scripps thing was all about. Obviously, I did not know that was Reginald because I couldn't recognize the face. But still, I can clearly see the face. Like, here's the thing. If we can clearly see your face, your mask sucks. A mask is not a mask if I can clearly see who you are. The whole purpose of a mask is to hide your face. Unless you're blatantly showing it on purpose to make people go, oh, that's Reggie. Like, a good example of that was in 2003 when Hulk Hogan had a run as Mr. America. The purpose of of the Mr. America gimmick was for the audience to blatantly be able to tell that that was Hulk. Hogan. He's trying to say he's not Hulk Hogan. He passed lie detector tests to prove he wasn't Hulk Hogan, but we fucking knew it was Hogan. And that's how the mask was designed. But you notice, Rey Mysterio's mask, Sin Cara, Axiom, Pentagon, Phoenix, even Hooventude back in the day. When they wear their masks, you're not able to see their face. You can't tell at all who's under that mask unless they take it off. 
So the way I see it here, the mask is a waste of time, and his whole move set is cruiserweight spot monkey shit. That's the first thing I saw. So I saw already, I knew automatically I knew it when he entered the rank. I was like, okay, yeah, that's what we need. And I knew it. I first I can tell from the mask because I've, I've I've very seldom seen a masked wrestler that wasn't a spot monkey, with the exception of Kane. Um, so I, I and the way he flipped into the ring and everything, I'm like, yep, this is what we're getting. We're getting a spot monkey. That's what's happening here. And the whole concept is goddamn ridiculous. The only interesting thing he did was that whole pantomiming writing with his hand to indicate script, but. This this whole thing was fucking dumb. They hyped this up for weeks, and this is what they give us. Once again, NXT slash WWE has disappointed us. This has never happened before now, has it? Oh, it's happened a lot of times. NXT, though, rarely disappoints, and this was very disappointing. And, very true. and on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Trick Williams, who says Wesley's story ends tonight. He can't wait for Hayes to be announced as the three-time North American champion. Lee walks in and tricks Trick into agreeing to stay away from ringside during the title match tonight. Okay, this is uh, Trick Williams, of course, backing up Carmelo Hayes like he always we does. Saints Wesley is not going to retain. Carmelo Hayes is going to win. And, but I did not see how Lee uh, Wesley tricked Trick Williams. How did that happen? Well, yeah, he's basically saying like, oh, Melo, oh, Carmelo don't need me. And he's like, oh, so you're saying you won't be there tonight. I didn't say that. And they were trying to do the whole thing. It was, I thought it was stupid. I really yeah, thought this was, was stupid. All, all Wesley should have done, man, was walk in. I was like, okay, we'll see what happens tonight after I beat him and walk away. That's what I would have done. Because, yeah, it was just, it was dumb. It was dumb. I think they were doing this to try to create the illusion that uh, Wesley was going to retain the title because Trick Williams wasn't going to be there to screw it up. And when you see the match, you realize this was fucking dumb. But we'll get to that in a moment. Now we got something, we got something special we got to talk about here. Um, We're having an early Thanksgiving segment on NXT where the schism is talking about their new Thanksgiving tradition or their new holiday called Invitigus or whatever. Whatever the Invictus, whatever the fuck that's, what the fuck that means. They got some random person comes in and they talk about, you know, the schism is no longer inclusive. They are now divisive. Um, they are now no longer interested in, you know, reaching out to other people. They just want to keep the, you know, the schism. You know, four roots, one tree, and they, and accordingly, the entire crowd is chanting sacrifice, 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 and then mm-hmm. Ava Rain. Rain hugs the guy or girl. I can't tell what the fuck that was. Um, and it was a dude. It was a dude. Okay. And she's basically looking into the camera like, yeah, he's not in the group. And then he says, thank you for being our sacrifice. And the crowd finally pops. And then Joe Gacy does a urinagi through the table. And then the schism celebrates their new holiday. Okay. This right here. I love this faction. Well, I don't know why. Who should be with us? Why, why, why? I like them so much. Why? Because they're a dark action. They make shit make shit irrelevant, and they're wonderful. Unlike another dark action, House of Black, and the other piece of shit company. Anyways, this right here was fantastic. Uh, uh, the best Thanksgiving, of course, and everything else. Was, hey, don't miss that wonderful food holiday. And this right here was really, really good. I enjoyed the living hell out of it. And as soon as I saw Joe Gacy hug that poor bastard, yep, he's very through the table. And I kept on sacrifice, sacrifice, stand up, holding up the peace sandwich, giant 
fucked up face you're gonna have. Hey, look, we're a bunch of cheerleader killers. Yay! I just want to hear I enjoyed. Well, yes, this was a very um enjoyable episode, most definitely. Um, and a very enjoyable, like I said, segment. It just it was very entertaining, and the fact that they were able to go out find things about Thanksgiving not to like, and of course talking about building themselves up, and it was great. Like, cause now I like seeing Joe Gacy take this turn, cause now he's becoming much more menacing and dangerous instead of always being the the happy-go-lucky guy. Now he's willing to like be a lot more evil, a lot more dangerous. There's a growth here, and it really speaks to the heart of the faction. It makes me feel like these guys are destined for greatness. Malachi Black, take notice. Yeah, or don't, because y'all don't take notes in AEW anyway. Uh, and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Zoe Stark versus Sol Ruka. To tell you the truth, this was actually fucking fantastic, was it not? Phenomenal. The phenomenal match. Solo Ruka fucking put the hell of a fight against Zoe Stark. I thought I was going to end quickly, but no, these two were really Gosh, Malik, you're looking sharp. Yeah. You know, you guys don't make one mistake. So I don't know about you, she but I got my dancing. They stayed off the top rope. There were suplexes, there's reversals, not too many false finishes, and all of a sudden, Zoe Stark pulled a sneak. Uh, uh, Solo Ruka tried to do something off the top rope, which is normal. And Zoe Stark did a smart thing, got the hell out of the way, hit her finisher one, two, three, and tried to mess her up more than the neat. Peter Lyons comes out to say, Dead, those two uh, scum for a minute. And Zoe Stark's like, ah, 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 on my time, on my time. And Peter Lyons is like, well, where are you going? Where are you going? All right, all right. This right here was actually fantastic. Jeez, poor Gator. This right here, Gator Ricky Ross, was a good match. This was great. This was wonderful. Oh, yeah, they tore the house down. Both these women did very well. Sol Ruka is definitely showing that she is a major player in the women's division. This is exactly the type of match she needed. Zoe Stark, she's trying to establish herself more as a uh, badass heel, especially after I felt she was trying too hard or her promo felt forced, but now she's trying to build on that more and I'm liking what I'm seeing and Zoe's got a lot to work on as far as promos go, but her in-ring skills are definitely there and shows. And then of course, Nikita Lyons making the save for Ruka because um, obviously she wants to get her hands on Zoe Stark and I'm hoping they make this a one-on-one match for Deadline. I feel like Deadline is where this match needs to They're happen. They're not going to. You know that just as well as I do. Yeah. I mean, they should, but they won't, and it's stupid. Because this you match make to be money. on the- Don't do stupid shit. Yes. Must. Yes. Make the money. All right, then we cut to the park. Then we cut to the parking lot with uh, Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade, who has Tom Widener hit the club with them tonight. Widener goes nuts and attacks them both and makes it a point to rip Blade's sweater vest. Okay, guys, if you are in the wrestling business and NXT and everything on plan, you know not to randomly go up to talk to, talk to Von Widener. Nine times ten, he's going to do this shit. He beats the shit out of him. You come to this is wrong. I'm just going to laugh my ass off because I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't know why this was here. This was absolutely pointless. Okay, Danny Bucci, your thoughts, but I thought Mark Ryder beat shit out of those two fuckheads was funny as shit. I don't get what the point of this is. Is this supposed to lead to a handicap match with Von Wagner against both these guys and he just demolishes them? Is this because we have nothing left for Von Wagner to do because he's already fought?
got all the big guys in the company and we don't want to give him an NXT title shot or any title shot for that matter. So let's just have him beat up these two random nobodies that have no business being in NXT to begin with. This is I want to say I want to say that those two that those two MJ Sanofi and the other guy I can't say that they are talented, but they're just jobbers. They're just collecting the paycheck. That's what I'm saying. They do. They're, they're, they serve no purpose yeah. other than to put others over, and they're not believable as a badass team or a team that's going to make any money. Or well, they'll nope. make money for themselves, but not for the company. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Pretty Deadly defend the titles against Andre Chase and Duke Hudson with Bia Hale. This right here was absolutely fucking wonderful. I thought it was it was it had a lot of comedic to it, but uh, Chase U, Andre Chase, and uh, Duke Hudson put up a hell of a fight against Yes Boy Pretty Deadly. I mean, did you enjoy this match? Yes. I mean, this was great. I mean, Andre Chase can fucking move, very moved. And uh, but of course, uh, the miscommunication. Duke Hudson kicks for Andre Chase in the face, and then uh, Pretty Deadly hits his spoilment or spilt milk. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, this was a this is a pretty good match. Obviously, there's the miscommunication where Duke where at where Hudson accidentally gets booted, accidentally boots uh, Chase in the face, and Andre, obviously after the match, Andre looks a little upset about it. But you can clearly see it was an accident. But some people felt like he tagged Chase in too early because he was, you know, still exhausted. So some people feel like Duke Hudson still potentially turning on Chase U. But here's my question. This, this is what oh. I want to know. If Duke Hudson, if his whole goal is to stick it to Chase U, why would he want this tag team title match in the first place? And why would he purposely want to lose an opportunity to have gold around his waist? That's that's the thing I'm trying to figure out here. Because to me, that don't make no fucking sense. Now, okay, I can see what you're saying. See what you're saying. Now, maybe he's just lying in the weight. Yeah, but then I can understand, like, obviously, if they, now, if, if Duke Hudson was going to turn on Chase, the logical explanation would be to do it after they lose, which he did not do. I don't see what the long-term gain here is for that. I don't know how this helps anybody, and it, it would make no sense. So I thought the finish was a little eh, but eh. I did like the match overall. And obviously, I knew Pretty Deadly was going to keep their belts. I just thought they would have oh, came up with a more uh, creative finish. Than at least it was a good match. It was a good match. I know for a fact JC was not going to fucking win, but I can see why you like Pretty Deadly, though. God, I want to hate them, but I can't. They're too damn good. Um, I know that. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area where Nikita Lyons runs into Chance and Carter. She offers to be their third if they need one against Toxic Attraction next week. Those three right there will be, uh, if they tag up, I think they'll be worth good. Lyons was looking for a uh, ta- uh, for um, and they did that. Chance and Carter were looking for uh, a third person. Nikki Lyons offered. They, she stepped up. So we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, because they did make it official. They will have a six woman tag match next week on NXT. So obviously we'll be talking about that. And um, it's going to be intriguing to see um, where this leads to, where it goes. Like if there's going to be like a tag title match at Deadline, or if Mandy Rose has to defend the title against Nikki Lyons at Deadline, or they're just going to let the champions sit this one out because of the Survivor Challenge. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but either way, um, the six-woman tag match does, um, you know, have an importance because it could potentially lead to, you know, future angles down the road. But I, at the same time, I do feel like Toxic Attraction, they've done all they can do with, with them. We've done, all, we've done all we can. At this point, it's better for them to do the job, and if you want to build them up more, um, have them put some people over, and then eventually send them to the main roster. But I think we're getting to the point soon where Toxic Attraction needs to start doing in the favors, bring people over on their way out. I 100% agree with you, sir, but I have a sneaky suspicion they might get their belts back. 
Oh, God. And then we also find out that next week we will be seeing the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, who will be announcing the competitors for the Iron Survivor matches at Deadline to crown new number one contenders. Good to know. I'm like, all right, I just want to see who the people are in there. That's all. You got any ideas on who you want to see? I'm just eager to see who's in it. That's it. All right. We don't know. Do we? No. Do you tell me who it is? I'll pick. Because I know all of them are going to be the spot monkey fucking cocksucker. Oh, God, I hope not. Dear God, I hope not. I really hope not. There might be one or two, but I hope it's not the whole fucking thing. And um, on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the North American Championship, the NXT North American Championship. Wesley defends the title against Carmelo Hayes. Okay, to be completely honest, it was actually pretty damn good. It was a spot monkey bullshit. But otherwise, that these two ge- uh, five gentlemen are into each other. At least it was a lot of spot monkeys, like that for the fourth time. Acrobatics, uh, Carmelo Hayes did the best he could. Wesley did a really good job. I someone enjoyed it but I really didn't care who win who, who lost but Trick Williams came out at the end of here Wesley takes him out think and then Wesley comes in there and does scuffle around and all of a sudden one two three and still the North American North American Championship Wesley and all of a sudden I can't say he came in there shocked him did his finishing move and just what was that guy's name Um, his name is originally was Dominic Dijakovic but I think they're changing his name to Dijak is that who I think it is the guy who had that great rival with Keith Lee yes that's the guy who and he's and we like him don't we yes uh when they okay. when they put him in retribution we did not like it but now that he's becoming his own man again yes and was that big it was dumb hat is it die jack let's call him die jack how to say his real name uh hit his finishing meal was like okay yay a return of a really big badass motherfucker fuck all you high flyer cocksmucker you smurf pieces of shit go ahead man yeah it's okay i'm excited for die jack to be back finally and i think this is going to lead to him becoming the north american champion and he fucking deserves it. And if he doesn't get the North American title when he when he faces Wesley for it, then Shawn Michaels deserves to be removed as head of NXT because his head is clearly up his ass if he can't see that Dijak is a better champion, a better wrestler, and a better moneymaker. And Wesley against Dijak's not really believable. I mean, it's not, but he's got the belt, so Dijak has to face him for it. But he damn well better Work win if it. he does. And, uh, right. and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this uh, recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time. My busy schedule to join us, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Uh, absolutely, sir. Hopefully, it's not late again. Sorry about this. It's the fucking holidays. I hate this time of year. Okay. Make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast, Podcast. and iHeartRadio. Thank you, favorite hosting site, and follow us there, or be super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be on the lookout for the uh, next episode, the male soap opera moment to come out this week. Uh, Wednesday and I will be giving our predictions for uh, WWE Survivor Series, so make sure you check that out. That will be coming soon to the Facebook page. Also, uh, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and of course be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted uh dark side of the 90s will be dropping soon once i have time to edit the videos we already got uh also be sure to follow us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the uh 
Um, that's where we uh, normally do our live wrestling watch parties. But as I mentioned earlier, with Buff Bagwell and I working together again and me going to WrestleCade, Survivor Series watch party will most likely not be happening unless somebody on the team wants to take over the live stream and give you guys a show. Um, if not, then the next one will be in January for the Royal Rumble schedule pending. And My favorite pay-per-view. Yes. And also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, another special treat in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere nine. Uh, 99 $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, got where to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. Get the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest uh-huh. to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. Why we keep trying, I'll never know. And until next time, this is Benny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, Pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.